Light and gusty at times, especially within those rain bands that'll continue to come and go. Some of the rains could be heavy, heavy in these passing bands. They'll diminish through the morning tomorrow, and then we'll be under clouds with a chance of a passing band or two, but less activity through Saturday, and then partly cloudy and still breezy, but only isolated showers for Sunday. Minimal storm surges along the coastal areas of southeast Louisiana. Three to six feet, though, for Terrebonne Lafourche parishes, improving gradually. Partly cloudy Saturday and Sunday. Isolated showers are possible each afternoon's highs go to the middle and upper 80s. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair. With more than 150 vendors, antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop, 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell at the annual Slidell Fall Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit SlidellAntiques.com. It sounds elegant, doesn't it? It sure does, because we don't just bulk into that. We make it happen. And uh, what we're trying to offer to you is some part of your day hearing things that are just delightful it's the food show and we talk about the entire tile and the tile too but the uh, tiles of food uh, whether it's uh, something that you're enjoying yourself at home and uh, getting uh, lots of ha- uh, uh, turnovers for huh what happiness, happiness. oh yeah that's uh, that's number oh, one on that list. Yeah. Anyway, we're here with that. We talk about everything. We uh, have an emphasis on dining out, dining in, cooking, uh, those kinds of things that we love to have at home. And you are open, uh, honestly, to just uh, pick out something that uh, makes you get worked up. Uh, call us up and tell us all about it. And if you're looking for some data about uh, something you were just looking around, you know, what time... Do you get the 10087? Uh, <clears throat> nah, I don't want to talk to these guys. You know, I'm a little scarred. I would have asked Henry to play um, Goodbye Columbus because today's Columbus Day. If we're still mm. celebrating that, I can't <clears throat> tell anymore. But anyway. I used to uh, start our show with. Uh, I know, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask him to do that. I've been but, looking for it. I haven't been able to find it. We used that the first day, and it was, it was, it was such a. <laughs> <laughs> an interesting day that I, I will always associate that with the song now rather than what I used to associate with the song. But maybe we'll have him play it for the second hour. It's around Just here because somewhere. Because it is Columbus Day today. I can give you a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. It's World Tomato Day, too. Walter May? No. Is that who he World was? Tomato Day. World Tomato Day. Yes. Tomato Day. Mm-hmm. What colors? You know, yesterday we were at Matina Bella. For yep. breakfast, and mm-hmm. we were watching uh, the Food Network, which they play in the background, which they subscribe to your belief, which is if you're going to have television in a restaurant, it ought to be the Food Network. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. And they had this new girl on something farm, and she had the most beautiful heirloom cherry tomatoes. Those are lovely. And they were all different colors, and, and she was slicing them very thin. And I was kind of riveted by it, just watching her slice these little tomatoes so very thinly. Anyway, it's World Tomato Day. Uh, your edible dictionary is not tomato, so we'll, we'll do that a little bit later. 
But uh, if you would like to talk to us, we're here to do that with you. Five five six nine six nine six. It's the food show. We had the most varied eating weekend. We do here. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. We did. We had a very varied eating weekend. To we what do you uh, cry that? Well, because we put a lot into our eating in this oh. house. We did. We put a lot into our eating. We have the red bean with us today. The red bean. stopped in to say hello. Are you going to talk? You can. You have to wrestle that from Dad. Yeah. I'll talk <laughs> when it's worth doing. You can come over here and share it with me. Uh, anyway, um, we started off the weekend Friday night at Pardo's. And, uh, that was a good uh, start to the end of the weekend. Mary Lee is a huge fan of Wes Rabelais, who is the new uh, chef of Pardo's. And so she texted him to see if we could maybe get in to go and see what they're up to. And we went Friday night. Pardo's is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful restaurant. And... Um, I have said since they moved to their location that um, the food has not caught up with the environment, I thought. And I felt a lot better about it now. It was, um, let's see, what do we have? We started off with uh, fried oysters. Yeah. Those are pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you got another appetizer, too, didn't you? Mac and cheese. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was not really all that thrilled with the mac and cheese. I think the mac and cheese used to be better than it is. But, you know, he's he doesn't seem like a mac and cheese kind of guy. He's a much more... The plating alone... Yeah, he's... He's an artist. He's a master it's plater. Really something. Yeah. So the master plating, of plater. No, he was a, a master plater. Uh, he the, the plating was absolutely gorgeous. Um, except for the mac and cheese, which just sort of came, mm -hmm. you know. Well, it looks you know. like it did before. It's just a big bowl of mac and cheese. Yeah, but I thought the mac and cheese before was, first of all, like a bigger bowl, and it had some crumbly stuff. How much stuff. mac and cheese do you need? <laughs> uh, some crumbly stuff on it. I don't know. And it seemed, um, I don't know. I just thought it was, I, I, I think I preferred it before. So in addition to that, I ordered grit cakes. Mm -hmm. With country ham on country top. Country ham and a little aioli underneath. Yeah. The country I ham. One bite out of that. Hey, the good name of a restaurant. And yeah. it's, it's a pity because... It, it was definitely worth eating, and I, I didn't eat it because I was full by the time it came to the table, which was unfortunate. Well, we also, you got that as your entree with the shrimp and, right. no. Yeah, with the shrimp and grits. Shrimp. Yeah. Oh, no, barbecue shrimp. <laughs> to make shrimp mm. and grits. Right. Um, but they brought out a short rib and yolotti. Ah. Which was. Killer. Yeah. That's yeah. probably where. You stop being hungry. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely worth it. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I had several little plates of dumplings over the weekend, and um, one was better than the other. But um, the the grit cakes were cute. They were like little morsels of grit. They were little little, yeah, little, little cubes. 
squares. Like little, yeah, like, like little sugar cubes, and they were fried, and then they had a um, little pile of country ham on top. And they were good. Did you have any of that? I just had one. You did have a whole one? Yeah. Okay. I dipped it in the I only, barbecue shrimp oh. sauce. Oh. Did, did you like that? Because that was my idea, but I wound up not doing it. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. He, did you like the barbecue shrimp sauce? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought, it was good. I thought the it's barbecue very shrimp. flavorful. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Worcestershire very in it. Intense. It's a lot of Worcestershire in it, and it was well, kind of a thick. And it was kind of thick. And so... Um, so I thought it was good. It came with three slices of bread, toasted bread. And you know what, what I think what, what happened was we just had this sort of hodgepodge of things that didn't really go together. They were yeah. just, and, and so when I tried to do my barbecue shrimp over the grit cakes, it didn't work because the country ham was there. So yeah. well, maybe that's why they didn't put it together themselves. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I probably should have read the menu a little bit better to see that yeah. there was actually country ham on the grit cakes. Oh, you didn't read that part? No, I didn't. Uh, I just saw grit cakes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and then, Tom, what did you... Oh, you got halibut. Halibut. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. You weren't even in Halifax. And uh, I wasn't in Halifax and uh, Betta yeah. Cats. You, so Those. you got halibut and it was good. The halibut was good. It was poached oh. halibut. We don't, don't get too many of those, yeah. but they, they showed up. We were in a contest, if I remember, right? I'm Didn't not you? a fan of poached no? fish, generally speaking. I like fish to have a crust on it. But uh, I thought the halibut was good. I thought it was it's really, a great, it was really good. It's a great fish. It's I mean, a, the, the rendition they had comes of it from was sitting good. in the in all of the stuff there. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. And I think the probably the stars of the evening were the desserts. Did you like the dessert? I think the star of the evening was my burger. Oh, that's right. I forgot about your yeah. burger. Burgers. Talk about your burger. We can't yeah, have they, the show without burgers. They strongly suggested that someone get a burger, even though it's not on the dinner menu. And they want to be it's clear only, that it is not yes, on the dinner menu. It's only available at lunch. But he, and I don't know how it's normally presented, but he came out with a bear burger, and then he had this little pot of <laughs> melted 10-year-aged white cheddar. Oh, was that what it was? In a sauce. Mm, huh. And he drizzled the sauce on the burger on site. And yeah. uh, it was spectacular. Tableside burger service. Yeah. <laughs> but the burger it itself was. was incredible. It was. I mean, it was like an unbelievable amount of flavor in yeah, a burger. It was. It really it was. It was incredible. That was, I agree. A, a massive pile of fries that went with it. Yes. I couldn't decide what the fries were, though. I, I mean, I can't imagine that they weren't fresh cut because they I usually think, do fresh I cut. Think they were. They were, they were perfect then. Mm -hmm. They were perfect. Uh, the burger was pretty spectacular. Yeah. It I was. I think that was my favorite thing. Yeah. No, it was, uh, that annuality was really good, though. Okay. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff at Pardo's on that table that night, and we will come back and talk some more about it after these messages. Aha. Uh -huh. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180. 
with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. This is Lenny Minutillo, chef-owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, home of the original meat sauce pizza and sesame-crusted muffalata calzone. The Happy Italian is serving our new full menu. Dine-in seating is limited. Takeout and curbside is available. Catering is available any day. The Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Monday for lunch and dinner. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for lunch. Find us at happyitalian.com for info and online orders. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. Goodbye. Happy Columbus Day to everyone. It's World two, two. Tomato Day, too. 5569696 is the number if you want to join us. We have two guests today. So the whole 3 o'clock hour, we will be talking to guests. If you want to talk to us Talk to us in this next 40 minutes or so. 5569696 is how you do that. 40 right. minutes of the shoot. shoot. Yeah. The shoot fud. I mean the fud. Yeah, something. Columbus landed on an island in the Bahamas today in 1492. He didn't discover America. Lots of people were here already, perhaps even a few European Viking stragglers whose forebears arrived a few hundred years before. What Columbus instituted was a major cultural exchange between Europe and the Americas. Part of that was the greatest culinary revolution in human history as hundreds of new ingredients from the New World made their way to Europe. Within a relatively few years, they changed the way most people cooked. Most noteworthy among these were potatoes, chocolate, the entire range of chili peppers, many strains of leguminous beans, and the tomato. What you've discovered is just about everything in the new part of the world. And uh, that was the most ex- the ex- new world. exciting new world vegetables. thing. Yes, new world vegetables. vegetables yeah. Animals, uh, everything you can imagine was brought together in the new world. And now look at us. So we have the tomato queen here with us right now. Mm-hmm. Simple. So what, if you had your druthers and you wanted to eat only one kind of tomato, what would that be? Uh, I don't think I could answer that. Because you can't give up all the other kinds of tomatoes? Yeah. I think they kind of mostly taste the same, though. Oh, no? no? Okay, so describe your, uh, describe your tomato world. Well, there's the creoles that used to be good. We don't have those anymore. But... The old Creoles from 10 plus years ago. Those are up there. Okay. Um, then some heirloom tomatoes, but you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes they're just ordinary. 
When you get an heirloom tomato and you like it, does it tend to be yellow, orange, purple? I do like the yellow ones, but sometimes those can be mealy. Um, I like the dark purple ones. Those are usually good. Um, I don't know what the names are of these varieties. Mm-hmm. but They're heirloom. They're all the same. I'm sure there's names for the different Probably. colors. Um, I also like those those little ones I buy that I always have in the fridge. The cherubs. I'm sure those are... Are those grape tomatoes? Yeah, I'm sure they're heinously GMO, but they're... Good and crunchy. They're really good. They're like, they're, they're like little crunchy things. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Do, who's, do, do. who's on the phone? Do, do, do. We have someone on the phone. In Ron fact, the Gourmet Waiter. We're going to find out in a second. Uh, who's... Uh... Ron the Gourmet Waiter. Ronnie is? Hey, good We're afternoon. How are you all doing? Hey. We're doing fine. It's the food show, oh. and it's a it's... sunny side outside, and what else would you like? I don't know. Let's see what he likes. Hi, Ron. Y'all were, um, y'all were talking about, uh, you know, trade and how, uh, how kind of commerce got going with, with a lot of different things, and um, it reminds me of Marco Polo and how he developed uh, what's known as the Silk Road. Have y'all heard that story? Yeah. The Silk Road, yes. That's what it was all about. Are you familiar is... with the book The Taste of Conquest? I haven't read that. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Michael Crondall has a couple of interesting books out, and that was my uh, in, that was my initiation into Michael Crondall. But it's quite a lengthy explanation of how the Silk Road uh, developed pretty much civilization. Yeah, and certainly the spice trade. Uh, Marco Polo uh, didn't just uh, trade spices, but but quite a few other things. And what's really interesting is a lot of people say that that's where the word lanyap came from, uh, meaning a little something extra. What it meant was a spice salesperson would come to see you, and they'd have these bags of spices. So being naturally curious and wanting a small sample, they would open up the bag, and they would give you a tiny bit just to try. So technically, the bag is not whole since a sample was taken out of it. So they give you something else to compensate for the sample, and that's where the word lanyap came from. It's meaning oh. a little something extra. Uh huh. All right, goes back a long way then. Yeah, and uh, you all probably remember as kids in the swimming pool playing Marco Polo. Remember that one person would have to say Marco, and everybody yep. else would, and they'd have their eyes closed, and then the, everybody else would have to say Polo, and if you touched Polo they then become Marco. Did you always play that game? I, I do remember that game, yes. <laughs> anyway, my friend Ganesh Iyengar uh, decided to name his Indian restaurant the Silk Road. That's the one that you hear me talking about every once in a while in the Marini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss Skiros, too. Skiros is where the Silk Road is now. Yeah, right. Uh-huh kind of interesting because it was just a little corner store where you could go do your laundry, pick up some booze, maybe grab a pack of smokes, uh, grab a po' boy, get a soft drink. It's like you could almost do everything there. Well, that's kind of the way it was back in the day, you know? It, things are, uh, there's still a, I think that's one of the things that makes New Orleans uh, so unique. Uh, it's those kinds of little corner stores and such. Yeah, Definitely. Anyway, that's all I had today. Just wanted to call and say hello. Uh, great oh, show as always. 
pretty generous, Thank and you, we Ron. appreciate that uh, five, five, all the six, time. 56996 is the number if you want to talk to us six, on nine. World Tomato Day. We're talking about tomatoes and uh, new world vegetables and things like that. So, and it wouldn't when be. Remember you had those those vine tomatoes and you would buy them on the vine and they were like two inches in diameter. You, you're off of those? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was naive. Oh really? Then. Those were yeah. not good? No. Why? They're a hothouse, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Mealy. Mealy. Ah, okay. Nothing worse than a mealy tomato except perhaps a mealy peach. By the way, when you go back to Sam's, check they're, and see. They're different now. Oh, I checked. Oh no. You you know when they're good so you can smell them when you turn the corner. Oh no. When did you go to Sam's last? Don't tell me yesterday. No, like last okay. Week. Okay. Uh let's see. World Tomato Day, back to what you have written here, Tom. Of all the Native American vegetables that made their way to Europe after the voyage of Columbus, the tomato had the most widespread effect. Tomatoes are now eaten almost everywhere in the world, including the Far East. Imagine mm -hmm. Italian cuisine without tomatoes. Tomatoes and, and chocolate, too. Well, no, yes, but yes. not in Italian cuisine. Tomatoes were originally regarded as poisonous by Europeans. They were sort of right, except for the tomato fruit itself. The plant is toxic. It's a member of the nightshade family, as are potatoes and eggplants. What is it about the nightshades that, that's so... So they I grab don't you, like don't the way they? It sounds yeah. nightshade. It, does sound <laughs> it sounds, it sounds, yeah, nefarious is a perfect word for it, nightshade. Uh, but you eat a lot of nightshade vegetables, and you seem to be in pretty good health. So, well, like, remember when my hands turned orange, though? Yeah. Well, that was. I think you were eating a lot more of it back then. We used to have a daughter with orange hands, but it was because she was because she was eating a lot of strawberries too, and those aren't nightshade. But I'm glad you called that in because I, I mentioned that one of and these tomatoes, kinds of plants and potatoes. Go ahead. What one of these uh, matters from uh, uh, nightshade in the middle of the of that whole concurrent. and we realize that uh, chocolate is something that doesn't come from the other world half world of the world I'll tell you what there's it's nothing nightshady about chocolate folks. nothing it's right there right out of the right on the blade on the blades i and sent all of the chocolate out of the house with mary lee yeah that sounds and nice <laughs> sounds like a program I occasionally will Let's call her and say bring me some chocolate but i'm i'm gonna be strong now no more of that you you whenever i say that now you go no shut up that's what you say yeah. Well, okay. I've heard worse ideas. But I, I understand the need I, for chocolate. No, I, I wouldn't yeah. do that. No, but you have to. I'm telling you, you have to do it. I think I might make some granola. It be oh no. <laughs> it known as palm d'amour, the love apple. Oh, okay. Wait, we're back to the nightshades. All right. One, the myth was put. Once the myth was put to rest, a different one grew. That the tomato was an aphrodisiac. It became known as palm d'amour, the love apple, in France. The way in which overripe tomatoes become near liquid is no doubt what inspired people to make sauces from them. There are hundreds from ketchup and salt. Also to marinara and ragu. The makers of the first tomato sauces must have been delighted to employ their over-the-hill produce, at that the result was delicious in an entirely new way, matched by few other food items. Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very rare to find a tomato in a restaurant that you want to eat. 
Yeah. So that's true. Give unless me an example. Unless it's like a an actual tomato dish like that like the heirloom and burrata salads that are hip right now. Like the tomato is the star of the dish. So those are usually excellent tomatoes. Well, then I would have to say if you can get a tomato like that to feature it in a dish, why can't you get tomatoes that aren't the stars of the dishes from the same place and get good tomatoes? Well, you could just go to Company Burger and then you don't get tomatoes at all. <laughs> well, I'm not only talking about, I'm not only talking about, maybe Company Burger feels that way about tomatoes too. Maybe that's the origin of the ban on tomatoes at Company Burger, that it's hard to find good ones anywhere. I had some good tomatoes. Well, we have oh. like a lengthy story about our dining out. We could talk about the weekend of dining all through the week that this was, week. That was maybe the most ridiculous story I've heard in a while. The, the Saturday story? Yeah. Yes, I've, I started to write it, and the, the original sentence is, anyone who reads past this point will rightfully conclude that the Fitzmorrises are desperate for something to do. <laughs> That's great. Yes, we haven't, haven't written that piece yet, and we're not going to get on it. I don't think we're going to have time for it today because we haven't even finished the Pardo's report, but we did, in this weekend, we did the following. Pardo's, Clancy's, it's Don Fuang, Kentucky Fried Chicken, um... Flying in from left field with that. Yeah. Uh, Matina Bella. And I made, is everyone ready? Turkey poulet. I made turkey poulet over the weekend. So it was a big, big eating weekend and wildly varied. Wildly varied. 5569696 is the number. Henry, let's do uh, Goodbye Columbus coming out of the news, which we're going to now for the Louisiana Radio Network. Just a half hour to talk to us if you would like to do that. We will be right back. Call us at 5569696. We'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. A federal judge has ruled in favor of a high school senior at Pine High School in Washington Parish after the school board decided to paint over his painting of President Donald Trump at his assigned parking spot. Attorney Yigal Bander represents Ned Thomas. The law was actually pretty straightforward, and it's shocking that the school board didn't understand that the law was pretty straightforward. The painting's part of the school's senior paint your space program and received initial approval from the principal at Pine High. And an 11-year-old was arrested and booked into juvenile detention after starting up an unattended school bus and taking it for a 13-mile joyride through North Baton Rouge. The bus hit three vehicles, caused one minor injury before it crashed into a tree and a gas line in the city of Central. Baton Rouge Police Sergeant Elgene McNeely says thankfully the kid didn't do a whole lot of damage. A minor injury, he ran into uh, three cars or vehicles along the way and I think some of those those uh, drivers had minor injury. LRN. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. COVID-19 has altered the way we do elections this year and while Hurricane Laura may have ravaged our state it will not break our spirit. Our office is working around the clock with state and local partners to bring early voting sites and election day polling locations back online. For Louisianans displaced by Hurricane Laura you can exercise your right to vote this fall. Displaced voters have the option to vote early, vote on election day, or vote absentee. If you are unregistered, there is still time to register at either your current address, temporary residence,
residence or the home from which you evacuated. To address COVID-19 concerns, we will take every sanitary precaution necessary to ensure voters can safely cast their votes. This includes mandating personal protective equipment for poll workers and making masks available for voters who want one. Voting machines will be sanitized between uses and social distancing will be enforced. If you have questions about the November 3rd presidential election, visit GoVote.com or call our election information hotline at 1-800-883-2805. When did it switch over, Tom? We tried to bring it back with a reboot of the food show and decided not to. It, it lasted about a week. Well, uh, this what, not much did, of the show here. When did you here. switch what? it from Columbus, Tom, to... The, when did you switch goodbye it? Goodbye day, it's a wicking way. <laughs> yeah. And then something on the... Tom. When yes. did you switch it from that song? A long time ago. I mean, yeah, it was like the food show started out with that noon, song. right at noon. Yeah, and then it went, it, it was a couple of years, though. I, I remember it being several years. Yeah, and then we sh- shifted over to... Uh, yeah, to your strings, your holiday for strings. A thing, but uh, back yeah. in the old days, those yeah. were? Yeah, those were very old days. I, very, I've been looking and looking for that uh, cut, but I, I cannot... Find one anywhere. All right. Five Goodbye, five, Columbus. It was uh, the opener of uh, the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Five five six nine six nine six is a number. So back to Pardo's. We did a wonderful meal at Pardo's. I ran into one of my favorite people of all time, Don McMath, mm-hmm. who was there with his wife Debbie celebrating the fifty-first anniversary of their blind date. That's sweet. Anyway, it was very busy there. We were sitting in the back room of Pardo's, which is the first time we've ever sat there because uh, for some reason we're always in either the front room or one time we were in the middle room. But the back room is where you can see everything going on in the kitchen. And uh, the kitchen has had a redo since Wes Rabelais came on. So been a lot of changes at Pardo's place looks exactly the same the food is different a lot of the people are different it was nice to see a lot of the waiters that we like and uh it was a, it was a fun evening but we had a burger as mary lee described we had uh barbecue shrimp grit cake with country ham fried oysters mac and cheese well oh, you're not gonna die of uh, starvation that's poached for sure. halibut that's for sure <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, this is kind of grotesque. Yeah, and then, and I, then I woke up at like three in the morning <laughs> wanting to die. You didn't even eat that much, did you? I know. Oh, so you can imagine what we felt like. Well, it was just all bad. I had a good bit of that mac and cheese. Yeah, carb. it's a carb fest. Well, the annulotti was the star of the show. I would agree with that. And yes. it was what kind of what was in it? It was was it a mushroom annulotti? Short rib. Oh, short rib. Yeah, it was a short it rib had, annulotti. It had corn and, yeah. and jus on uh, top. Yeah, it was good. Oh, man. Yeah, it was really good. So it had sweet corn, short rib annulotti, which was delicious. And I agree. The star of the show followed second, uh, close second by the hamburger. The desserts were plated so beautifully, you almost didn't want to eat them. 
them. There was a chocolate tart mm-hmm. with uh, toasted marshmallow pufflets knobs. <laughs> I thought they were cute. They were like little pufflets. Yeah, they were nice. I'm yeah. sure it was homemade marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. And they were toasted and scattered about the plate yeah. like little bubbles. And it was a beautiful presentation. It was on top and scattered about a chocolate tart. It was a ganache tart. Was that it? Uh, I don't remember what it said, but that's what it tasted like. Yeah, it was a ganache tart. And it was uh, it was just gorgeous and delicious as well. But it was really quite the presentation. And then, Tom, you got a... Um, what did he have? He had a, like a strawberry I used to have it, but I sold like it. Do you remember what Dad got? The It was a, the <clears throat> dessert of the evening. Um, the pound cake with oh, yeah, pound yeah, yeah. yeah. It mm, was something little good. cubes it's... of pound cake and uh, strawberries and compote on it. Sounds and good and so far. You that, didn't you, Tom? Yeah. I think you did. And I think there might have been a creme anglaise somewhere on there, too. It was a, a big eating night at Pardo's. It was packed in there. It was very festive and a lovely evening. And we missed... It's been a long time since we've been to Pardo's, and we have missed it. So it was nice to be back and to experience that. Then we got in the car, and it was like a hurricane. I mean, driving home, I was really kind of nervous about a tree limb falling. And in fact, some thing did fall on the windshield, but it didn't crack it. And then we got on the interstate, not the interstate, but the, the highway to get away mm. from the trees to come home. Five, how, uh, five, six, nine, six, nine, six, what? How deep did this all go? This was Friday night, Tom, the hurricane. I can't believe Just this you, past Sunday? I can't Sunday? believe I have to refresh your memory because you're not huh. liking hurricanes too much. So that was, we got that lucky was kind then, of a little traumatic for you. We, here uh, at our studios, we had no yeah. no uh, problems. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was definitely, I feel like that was more of a hurricane than the, uh, the, the Category 4 one that hit, uh, what, three weeks ago to those poor people in Lake Charles. Yesterday, I made turkey poulet. Turkey poulet. What possessed we, me, you ask? I don't know, but it, it's not someone who had thought of the idea fairly recently. <laughs> because uh, over the years of doing the radio show, we, we've been doing it for four uh whatever four hours years 32 years and and plus 32 uh, years yeah anyway um uh we uh, constantly got people people who are either on the show uh chefs uh but no small number of uh, other people who are just curious about it it is called uh Turkey poulet. Turkey poulet. P a u o l e t. Dish at the the Roosevelt, wasn't it? Wasn't it a, like a signature dish at the Roosevelt? Turkey poulet. It was very popular there for a long time. There were a lot of people there for a lot of time. Anyway, they spent all of this time while they were wondering whether the hurricane that had been equipped. No, with, I don't think so. Would be coming that way, I, but a lot of yeah. people did though. Yeah. And we had a, a fairly good number of people sitting in our studio there, and and uh, it was it was going out and yeah, it was a little it was stronger windy. than I'd get. Pretty much blown up. Uh, so turkey poulet. The reason that Mary Lee will enjoy the fact uh, yeah. the reason why. I hope you have a it. recipe. <laughs> Mary Lee will roll her eyes if you could see her, and I'm glad you can't. Uh, if you could see her, you would see her just. Well, when she hears why I, I did the turkey poulet. So we were at Clancy's on Saturday night, and 
and they serve that delicious cap bread there that comes in the little envelope. Oh, that's a butter. That's a story unto itself. Yeah, it is. But cap I, bread. Yeah. <laughs> we got no, too I'm many not stories kidding. already today. Okay, so uh, the cat bread was good. And like I, I've said so many times, I'm tired of searching for good French bread, which is sort of why I went to Chalmette on Saturday, which is yet another story. But we wound up not eating any of the bread at Clancy's. And so here was this wonderful, perfectly toasted cap bread that I didn't want to throw away. So I brought it home. So I had the starting of turkey poulet. So I went and got some slices of Creole house-made turkey and um, oven-roasted turkey. And I had Parmesan in the refrigerator and I was going to go back to, I was going to hearken back to real Nolan's Dolan kind of cooking. And I went to get a can of cream from the shelf. Well, that's exactly what I said after I opened it because I didn't check the expiration date. But I wasn't going to go buy cream because then cream would make me <laughs> want to do chocolate mousse and we're trying to get off of that. So I, I tried to get it from the shelf. So I opened it and it was kind of, it was kind of, um, it was like a pale salmon color. Ew. I know, I know. And then I thought, you know, this doesn't look right. What Even when my mother, well, I don't know. That. I thought you bought it in the, in the COVID. I don't yeah, so anyway, you know what? That's Mozzie's mac and cheese was always made with that, just so you know. Mozzie okay. brings anyway, in the... Uh, uh, I got the... So I opened it up, and it was it was really not impressive at all. It didn't smell bad, but it looked bad. And I thought, you know, I don't really remember when my mom used this stuff, but I don't think it looked like that. So I managed to look... It was on the bottom of the can. It said 2018, so I decided I should throw it away. 2018, yeah. So, so I, I pitched the, uh, painful as it was, I pitched the cream. And I was left with just milk, which is exactly what the turkey poulet recipe calls for. So I, well, I, when I got the turkey, I also got some bacon. I got some thick cut bacon and I broiled the bacon to make it stiff. And then I took the Parmesan cheese in a skillet with some milk and made a sauce but I didn't do the um I didn't do the flour which seems absurd because we already had the bread there but I just didn't feel like going through the trouble of making a true bechamel sauce well, that's fine. Everything else in this story is absurd. <laughs> so then I put I put the sauce on top of the turkey and I put the bacon down I did what it said in the recipe you you put the 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 cheese sauce on the bread then you put the turkey then you put the mushrooms then you put the bacon on and then you put more of the cheese sauce on and then sprinkle it with paprika although a turkey poulet recipe would definitely be paprika paprika so <laughs> of course you could see mary lee's face <laughs> it's full of scorn and the score now and, is 15. So then you uh, put it in the oven on broil, and Tom absolutely flipped over turkey poulet. He had some more today. 
It was delicious. It was. I was astonished by how good it was uh, because it's something I've always had put forth before me that made me say, why would anyone eat this? Yeah. Instead, we have this very light. Did you see my picture? Could almost you could imagine it just woofing no, through the air. Yeah. Anyway, no, it was good. I have to admit that it was good. And I'm glad that yep. I saved the bread and I'm glad that I used the bread. And so I made turkey poulet yesterday. Yep. <sighs> anyway, that was the bookend of our adventures for the weekend. We will talk some more about the rest of what we did after these messages from our sponsors. 556-9696. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovich family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, that is so, so, so true, isn't it, Tom? Let's it get certainly to Michael is. 75. Hey, Michael. Hey, good Monday to you. Good morning. Come on in. We've been waiting for you all day long. And now here you are. Come on in. I said, I said good Monday. Monday. <laughs> That's the ones that are to you too, telling Michael. you Let's a little go. bit of go this. And, and it's not Monday, Thursday either. <laughs> no. Okay. I assume you uh, called for way, something I, other than I, discussing I, the days of the week. The, uh, the turkey poulet sounded great, that dish you were talking about, but I'm still confused on the name because poulet in French means chicken, and there's no chicken in the dish. Well, yeah. I'm just going by what the New Orleanians call it. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've, uh, it's an old-fashioned. It's an old-fashioned dish that we were talking yeah. about last week. So I thought I'd just go ahead and they call, they, they they call it. They call and they call uh, yeah. uh, burgundy, burgundy, etc., etc. Yeah. So what, what, I don't go by that. But uh, anyway, it's, I'm going to yes. try it. It sounded great. I've got. I just made some bechamel yesterday. So uh, oh, good. Well, perfect. Uh, Put some parmesan in it. Great food. And super, exactly. super easy. We're gonna. We're going to have the recipe in the uh, uh, on the newsletter tomorrow. Okay, go ahead. Great, great, great. I was looking That's at... That's it? Hello? Yeah, go hello? ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I was... Uh, yes, we're the, here. The, the five French mother sauces, okay? 
That's tomato, pelute, uh-huh. hollandaise, uh, bechamel, and uh, one they call espanol, which is a brown sauce. Now, the, the uh-huh. espanol was very intriguing to me because um, what happened was uh, Louis the Fourteenth, uh, uh, the uh, state of Louisiana is named after him, uh, the the great king of France, yes. Louis XIV. Uh, it's where all our, our names are here. Right. So Louis the Fourteenth. Uh, married um, his double first cousin from uh, Spain uh, to unite the two countries. Uh, her name was in Spain was Maria Teresa, and when she got to uh, France, they uh, changed it to Marie Therese. And anyway, uh, uh, what happened was Marie Therese, when she came from France uh, to marry Louis XIV, she brought a whole court with her. And uh, uh, in, in that court, she brought something she brought something that uh, had never been heard of in France, chocolate, that the chocolate, Spanish people yes. had, had uh, gotten from the Americas. And she also brought uh, the, the uh, Espanol sauce, which they named after her, the brown sauce. And I have so been it's really mole. Up... Sorry? So it's really mole. That's, that's no, a, a, quite a stretch, no, it's, but uh, it's, it's, it's interesting anyway. It's, uh, it's one of the five French mother sauces, the Espanol. Yeah, but I, I but I think it, it does it have chocolate in it? Uh no, I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, so Okay, go ahead. that yeah, you are talking about mole. But anyway, uh the uh, I I've been fo- I was fortunate enough 30 years ago uh to buy at an auction uh, a life-size oil painting from a famous Italian painter, uh, Nuvoloni's his name from 1656 and it's uh it, it uh, Milk no, Nuvo. No, yeah. oh, Carlo, Carlo Francesco Nuvoloni, and it it, mm-hmm. it uh, adorns the uh, the main room in my house. And uh, but and anyway, when she got there, uh, like I said, they were double first cousins. Two brothers uh, had married two sisters. That the the uh, brothers were the, uh, the uh, father of Louis the Fourteenth, and the sisters were the uh, mother's uh, mother of uh, one of one of each was the mother of Maria Teresa. So uh, these were two double first cousins. You know, first cousins marrying each other is bad enough. Yeah. But double it's first a cousins idea. are <laughs> tremendously incestuous. <laughs> anyway, it, it worked out uh-huh. great. Uh, she, she she became a, a great great queen, and uh, and she brought chocolate and the Espanol sauce to the French. Well, uh, I, I think they're probably really grateful for uh, chocolate, for sure, but probably also the Espanol sauce, too. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, all right, Michael, what else you got? Is that, That's about it. That's anything good the uh, in terms of your searching? Yeah, yeah on I'm, Saturday, I'm, I'm Michael, a- we channeled you. We, we channeled there he goes. you. We went on a food hunt. Oh, and it great. was absolutely, yeah, it was absurd. Yours are not absurd, but ours was. And we'll, if we get a chance, we'll we'll go ahead and go through. And it, we started okay. out in Chalmette and wound up at Clancy's. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, well, all by right. the way, I'm, I'm in front of Little Chinatown uh, purchasing two special lunches, uh, shrimp with uh, eggplants. The, the, the Chinese are fabulous with their eggplants. Michael, do you go to Little Chinatown every week? Is your route yeah, right, for your yeah, picking almost, up of your food? some great things there. So it's like every week you do the same places? No, no, no. I, 
Here's my, here's my things. I go to Martin's Wine Cellar for the special uh -huh. baguettes and the um, uh, pate. And then I go uh -huh. to uh, Fury's. I go to um, uh, the two Chinese places here, Red Apple yeah. and that. And, uh -huh. and then I go to uh, Dennis's Seafood. So there's only five little places okay. I go to. Okay. Okay. But they are the same places on your route every time. Yeah, well, you can't, uh, once I, I isolate something that's great, I don't want to take a chance and change it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that these are the, this is part of your sanitizing routine. You don't want to step out of it. Okay. No, that's exactly the way to go, that. all right. He's got it. They they all, yeah. All right. They all, they all bow to my request, and uh, put, I never see a human <laughs> close to me. Hmm. <laughs> Congratulations, Michael. Okay. Congratulations. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Bye. 5569696. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. I, I don't want to find Michael by telling of all the places we've been where mm -hmm. everybody was, there were hundreds of people, no masks, and we live to tell about it. Mm. There are so many Past things, and some of them. Period. Some of them seem trivial. Yeah. But some of them, uh, you know, have come to right in the middle of a very firm idea in your mind for who knows what. Who knows what is right. But I know who one. knows what. If all right. goes well, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping it does, mm -hmm. at the Court of Two Sisters. Yeah, what about it? In the afternoon, mm -hmm. there will be proded, pulled together a group of somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 uh, or more of the uh, guys who went to the class uh, of 1968. Oh, excuse me, 67. Wait, when is that? Time? Jesuit High Wait, School. When is that? That's after Christmas. No, That's it's after... it's always is. They yeah, they do it Christmas. between Thanksgiving and... Uh, oh, they do? Yeah, and then we oh, come back. And, okay, well... And uh, I've been going to that for a long time. You've got your traditions, those for of you, sure. Yeah. Any, uh, anybody out there with the, uh, the Blue Jays out there, make your connections. I'm sure, I'm sure you will be hearing from them, as you have yeah. heard from Manresa. Oh, it's a great, uh, great thing. Yes, all those Jesuit it's traditions. It's the food show... I'm Tom Fitzmorris. The best thing about uh, those sorts of things is that you, you meet people you haven't seen for ages. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice to have that happen again. But just a little slip when I felt like slipping it on. Okay. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get too much trouble for it. Yeah. Tom, your edible it's dictionary word of the day is hmm? orgiat. Orgiat? Uh -huh. A what? sweet almond and citrus flavored syrup used oh. mostly as a cocktail ingredient. I, I notably like, for the, I like old the name. drink absinthe Suisse. Orgiat. I have to see what the pronunciation of that is. Started out as a beverage made from barley in the same family of things called chissons. Wow, mm -hmm. it's a tough one this today, Tom. Later, a vogue began for flavoring it with almonds, and over time, the barley disappeared, and the dominant flavor was that of the nuts. Lemon and orange juices, and later orange flower water, entered the mix. <clears throat> After Ding. Orgiat fell out of flavor, favor as a drink unto itself, its use as a flavoring for other drinks caused it to evolve into the syrup that it is now. It is a little hard to find, even in well-stocked liquor stores, but some of the more adventuresome bartenders are bringing it back. Have you ever heard of that, Tom? I mean, obviously you have at one point because you have it in your edible dictionary. Wait, orgiasta what? Orgiat. Orgiat. 
Orgiat. Uh, my yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it pronounced uh, uh, for us. Let's Are you ready? Yeah. Listen. Orjat. You... Oh, Orjat. Okay. Orjat. Orjat. Okay. Yeah. So, Hit it. Mm -hmm. Do you know how to do it? What? Orjat? Uh, singing the song. Or is there a song? I, I don't. But there probably is, Tom, if you're going to make one up. But, but that's you. Orjat. Uh, call up the Court of Two Sisters. And oh, they'll... my gosh. Today yeah. is the birthday in 1923 of John Nickel. Nick Tech. Nid Tech. Uh -huh. Wait. Sounds Nidich. promising Nidich. to me. <laughs> Get them to pronounce it too. <laughs> the founder of da, 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 Weight Watchers. She started it after battling against her own overweight problem. The original idea was that people trying to lose weight could get together and encourage each other, but it grew to a much larger effort, one big enough that after 15 years of its existence, H.J. Hines bought the company in 1978 for its line of food offerings. You know, I just have never no. been... Me neither. What is it? <laughs> I was about to say, I've never been into Weight Watchers, probably because I start cheating on a diet from the very first day. Do you think that could have something to do well, with it? Well, it's just, it's, a, <laughs> it's actually a great time for everybody to sort of... Um, a robe and I think it's, it's, I think it's rather complex too. You have uh -huh, your, more you have and your more. points, and you have to you know have to really focus on it. Those those new apps. I wonder how Weight Watchers is doing now that the apps are out there because the apps are doing the same thing for you that you had to do for yourself before. Well, they have an app too. Oh, Weight Watchers has an app too. Of course they, they do. Know. Everyone has an app. Well, I guess what does the Weight Watchers app do? Does it count everything for you? I guess. <laughs> Yes, it, it, the the intonation there was I don't need Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> Today is the anniversary of the first Oktoberfest celebration in Munich in 1810. It started as the celebration of the marriage of Bavarian Crown Prince Ludwig to Princess Therese Therese von Sachsen-Hilbergenhauser <laughs> after skipping a year. <laughs> Napoleon was active in the area. The festival resumed, and it's grown ever since. It's changed into a beer festival and moved backward on the calendar. Most of Oktoberfest is just about finished when October arrives, since most people drink more beer in the warmer weeks of September. One of these days, I want to make it to Oktoberfest. I would imagine that it's certainly canceled this year. It well, there's always new things coming around. Saying, I guess. <clears throat> Mary Lee is reading over my shoulder at all these very long things that I have to say and just waiting for me to mess them up, huh? Mm -hmm. I, just kept <laughs> I know gosh. you just start you start getting through it and you realize, oh my gosh, there's another whole inch and a half of type here. Yeah, that was a little disturbing. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Actually we have a guest mm -hmm. from the Kitchen Queens of New Orleans from Bouligny Tavern. Mm. We have Christine Plaisance coming up at 3 o'clock. And after that, we're going to be talking about cookies. Cuckoos? Maybe, oh, again? Not cuckoos. Oh, all the things cookies. that flush with what? Cookies. Cookies? <laughs> oh. <laughs> cookies. 
What are you laughing about? I don't know. We don't even know what we're laughing at. Uh, your Jeff Diney rule, number 431, Tom. Despite their popularity, fried green tomatoes are not worth eating. I think someone here begs to differ. Oh, we can have oh, we can have a debate coming up now. Debates. I wish I had looked at this because I would have had the debate going already between Mary Lee, who is a total aficionado of uh, fried green tomatoes, and Tom, who says they're not worth eating. That's blasphemy to her. Unless they're topped with something like shrimp remoulade, in which case the tomato will be the worst part of the dish. I agree with that. Mary Lee, you eat them by themselves, though, don't you? Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to come back, and they can duke it out after both of our guests. Time for the Louisiana Radio Network News, WGSO New Orleans. Join me, BJ Rust, every weekday at 6 p.m. for the Something to Say radio show right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. At her confirmation hearing, she told the Senate Judiciary Committee that the courts are vital to the rule of law, but should leave political decisions to elected officials. Courts have a vital responsibility to the rule of law, which is critical to a free society. But courts are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in our public life. The policy decisions and value judgments of government must be made by the political branches, elected by and accountable to the people. The public should not expect courts to do so, and courts should not try. Barrett also thanked her family in her remarks and praised her mentor, the late Justice Antonin Scalia, for shaping her outlook on the law. This is USA Radio News. Are you ready for what's next? It's likely coming. More food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, social unrest. Ask yourself, do you have enough food and supplies on hand to last at least 30 days? Most Americans do not, but you can. Avoid the panic of the last-minute rush. Order your four-week supply of emergency food today from MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only alternatives. Avoid those and the pain of being unprepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage, shipped discreetly to your door. Folks that know what's coming are using today to prepare. There's time for you to do the same. That's MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. MyPatriotSupply.com. The White House is pushing for this week's canceled debate to go on as originally scheduled. White House Deputy Communications Director Brian Morgenstern told reporters that the president is ready for another face-to-face -face showdown with Joe Biden. The president's ready to debate, and his doctors have cleared him uh, for, for, for participating in public engagements. They've said he's no longer a, a risk for transmission, so uh, it would be nice if the commission would get the debate back on the schedule. I think, uh, you know, the president's ready to go. He, he wants to be on stage uh, debating Joe Biden in person. Uh, so if, if, if they'll do that, uh, get it back on the schedule, I think the president would be happy to show up. The mayor of a Tennessee town that hosts the Bonnaroo Music Festival has died of COVID-19. The city of Manchester, Tennessee announced Monday the passing of Mayor Lonnie Norman more than a week after he was hospitalized with the virus. Norman was elected to his third term as mayor back in August. This is USA Radio News. Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here are some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. 
Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, walk up and down twice a day for 5 to 10 minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. There are more helpful pet care tips at youmove.com, spelled Y-U-Move.com. Curfew has been lifted in a Wisconsin town that saw protests and riots over the past week over the shooting death of a black teen by a police officer. USA Radio Network's Tim Berg has more. The curfew in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, ended on Monday. It's been an unusual few days for people in one neighborhood since the Wisconsin National Guard started showing up every night with Humvees and armored trucks to protect the city from rioting. This man had people rioting in trespassing. Breezy yet tonight and gusty at times, especially within those rain bands that'll continue to come and go. Some of the rains could be heavy, heavy in these passing bands. They'll diminish through the morning tomorrow, and then we'll be under clouds with a chance of a passing band or two, but less activity through Saturday, and then partly cloudy and still breezy, but only isolated showers for Sunday. Minimal storm surges along the coastal areas of southeast Louisiana. Three to six feet, though, for Terrebonne Lafourche parishes improving gradually. Partly cloudy Saturday and Sunday. Isolated showers are possible each afternoon's highs go to the middle and upper 80s. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair. With more than 150 vendors, antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop, 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell at the annual Slidell Fall Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit SlidellAntiques.com. time to be with you the way you live, yeah. Oh, I forgot to remind you that it's, it's the food show, which every day is. And we get tell you basically what it is. We gather together somewhere in the middle after, afternoon, and uh, we talk to one another around the things that we've found to cook at home or that we found in a restaurant or whatever it is. We're into food and, and food <laughs> and wood, too. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and so uh, we've, we love having you on the show. Uh, it's simple enough to get on. It's uh, except for me to remember. Yeah. The, we have uh, a guest, though. We have a guest? We do. We have a guest. Her name is Christine Plaisance. Oh, yeah. she is one of oh. the kitchen queens of New Orleans. Oh. And uh, she's with Bulany Tavern. Well, let's throw away everything else and go right to that, and I mean it sincerely. Yeah, let's let's do. Hi, Christine. Christine? Hi, how are you doing? It's Christy. Chris- Christy. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Christy. Okay. Christy. And thank you, too, from uh, my... Uh, the bottom of your heart. Bent out of shape kind of <laughs> idea. Thing. So, um... There are a lot of chefs that are women in New Orleans. Did you realize that when you started with the Kitchen Queens? Um, yes, actually, I did. I try to go to as many female-run restaurants as possible. Um, a lot of them are my favorites, and they have been since I started. Um, mm-hmm. But it was exciting to see there was a lot of names that I didn't recognize on that list. I think there was 26. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And it are was you from here? To go out and have Yes, I'm, I'm from 30 minutes outside of New Orleans in a place called St. Charles Parish, where my parents Parish. had a restaurant growing up. Oh, they did? What was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Occasions. I think they were open for 18 years, mm-hmm. and they finally decided to sell it and uh, get out of the industry. 
Mm-hmm. Did you? I guess you worked in the restaurant. Were you cooking or just uh, as a waitress? Um, they, tried, they tried to get me to do uh, be a server at first, and mm-hmm. um, that didn't work out. I spilled a whole bunch of water on this group of ladies for their birthday, and they're like, "Hey, let's try something different. Let's put you in the kitchen." Mm-hmm. And I, I cooked a lot at home ever since uh-huh. I was a little girl. Always wanted to do the big, fancy dinners for the parents. Had some uh-huh. fun mistakes along the way, but um. Yeah, I started working there and then went to college and got a part-time job working at a place called Kala and Chateau, which Oh Frank yeah, we remember the, that place. Uh, consultant yeah. chef. Mm-hmm. I started working there and then um I actually went back and took over the executive chef job not long after that there. Uh, Whatever happened to them? They got out of the um, business, didn't they? The owners? Yeah, the Crances. Uh mm-hmm. yes, they did. I believe they bought a refrigeration company. Okay. Uh-huh. I liked Kala a lot. I thought it was good. How long how long was it open? Um, I don't think it was open for that one. Maybe six years. Mm-hmm. If I could guess, maybe seven. I was gonna say less than that, so that's that's longer Possibly. than I thought. This was a long time ago in my career. Yeah. yeah. Um and so you uh was that where you sort of honed your skills there? Because I thought the food was yeah. pretty uh, pretty gourmet there. Oh, no, it was great. Um, and getting to work with Frank Brighton was amazing wow. at that point. I had no idea who he was. That's, um, uh, that is a, a good uh, gig to get with Frank. Did Frank yeah. have something to do with Kala? He was uh, the consultant chef there. Oh, so they okay. got him to come along right when they opened the place up. Okay. So All that's right. how he kind of sort of became my mentor and kind of the chef that, like, I always <laughs> went back to and went and visited his restaurants. And he's always taking care of me if I have questions about working uh-huh. at a place or who people were. He was always the person that I could call and ask. Well, that explains it because, you know, here was this little restaurant right on the corner of Chateau Boulevard and West Esplanade, and it was not – a particularly glamorous looking place. I mean, it looked like the kind of place that you would find on the corner of West Esplanade and, and uh, Chateau Boulevard, but inside strip the mall. food it was, was pretty gourmet. What? I said it was basically in a strip mall. Yeah, yeah, but the food was really, really good. And I uh, I always wondered why that was or how that wasn't. As I recall, the Crances were first time restaurateurs. So that explains something. I didn't, I didn't make that connection. I think they probably met Frank during their, um, when they dealt with the horses at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. I think they knew him from there. I see. Okay. And um, it all just came together. The, the recipes were amazing. A lot of the stuff that yeah, they were. was on the menu for most of the time was stuff that Frank had come up with. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, I mean, a whole, that's my repertoire started out was just looking at all of these great recipes going, this is amazing. Yeah. And I was, just the took a job in college good. for something random. Just like, oh, let's just catch a couple extra bucks and ended up falling in love with it. He pulled me on and said, you know, you're really talented. Why aren't you doing this? I'm not going to tell you not to be in college, but why are you not pursuing this? Yeah, yeah. So So then did you go to culinary school or did you just start uh, working in various kitchen jobs? Um, I I started going to culinary school and at the time... Uh, Frank had talked me into working at Commander's Palace. Mm-hmm. And once I started doing that, I realized I was probably learning 100 new things a day. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think I was kind of far past 
where the beginning of culinary school really starts off just because mm-hmm. of all the extra knowledge that I was getting and so fast. Mm-hmm. And I decided to just dive head, head in and concentrate on commanders at the time. Look, uh, you know, in the old days, for as long as restaurants have been around and all kinds of other things, the apprentice was the way to go anyway, you know. So uh, I'm always intrigued by the the classically trained chefs and the ones who came out of culinary school versus the ones who just went and did the apprentice thing and worked their way into something great. So, you know, there, there's a, an expression, there's more than one way to peel a cat or something like that, but... Um, <laughs> Or skin a cat, but there's a there's a takeoff on that. Okay, so you went from you were in school, Kala, mm-hmm. Commanders, then what? Uh, Kala, Commanders, Patois. Oh, another great one. Boy, you got a good resume. Go ahead. So then I went to Lillette. Um, okay. At that point in time, I had been at Lillette for a while. Uh, there was nobody was leaving. We just had such a great team, and I think I just wanted something else. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys from Commanders found out that I had I was unemployed for about a day. And the guys from Commanders found out, and they're like, "Hey, can you come work at the hotel at the Loons Hotel at Cafe Adelaide there?" Mm-hmm. So I worked there for eleven months, and uh, John from Willet called me and was like, "Hey, can you come? You want to come take over Bologna Tavern?" Because mm-hmm. I, I guess I had worked at Bologna for a little while right in the beginning. So I was like about eight years all together working for him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yes, I would love to come back and work for that family. Okay. So, so how long have you been at the helm of Bulani Tavern? Um, I'm actually not there anymore. I uh, had a death in the family a few months back. So I decided to take, it felt like the right time to take some time off. Mm-hmm. And um, I you know, traveled, ate a whole bunch of weird barbecue spots. Uh, backpacking, <laughs> camping, you know, just kind of living off the radar. It seemed like the perfect time to hand the reins over to one of the guys who had been with me from the beginning that I hired, and uh-huh. I handed Bologna over to him. So at this time, you are not working in a kitchen? Nope. Okay. It's been kind of so, fun. Do you think? Do you think they'll get you back? I mean, do you think you'll, you just, like, they're, chef, it's such an intense job that, it's so common that you'll hear that someone's just stepped away and, and just taking a breather. So do you feel like you're, you're on a temporary breather or maybe a long one or what? Um, no, this is more, I think, of a temporary breather room. I just want to spend some time with family after the death and kind of get my wits back about me. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of taking time for mental health and just making sure everything's good in mm-hmm. the culinary scene. Mm-hmm. Like I think more people should do that, but um, mm. no, no, it's people should do that uh, in every field, you know. If you need to yeah. step away from it, you should do that. In every- so you obviously filmed the Kitchen Queens prior to this break. Yeah, this this just this has only been for about uh, two months. So yeah, I was still very much in the kitchen during Kitchen Queens. I see. Okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to stop here. Take a break. If you can hold on with us for another 10 minutes or so, we'll come right back to Christy Plaisance, who is a chef. We'll just say chef and on Kitchen Queens of New Orleans. And she is her, her segment 
is when she was at the helm of the Bulletty Tavern, which, but things have changed since then. So we'll be back to talk some more to her. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café au lait and beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Punchatula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the Po' Boy Ice Cream Sandwich, New Orleans Ice Cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180 with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. You make me feel so young. Yes, indeed. It's nice to feel young, isn't it? Uh, we're here with Christy Plaisance, who is one of the Kitchen Queens of New Orleans, which is a really interesting show on PBS. I think it airs at, what, 10 o'clock on Saturdays? And it's been quite the string of uh, women chefs in New Orleans. So what did you cook for the, the segment that you did? Um, so I did three segments. The segment that's coming out this weekend is the Hush Puppies. It's like a jalapeno oh. Hush Puppies. It's actually a recipe that I got from my grandmother. We used to go camping in Sabine, which is like near uh, Natchitoches Texas. and Manny, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We'd catch perch, fry mm. the perch, and then we'd always make hush puppies. Ooh. It was one yeah. of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So obviously I couldn't use the recipe she gave me. It had granulated um, onion in it, canned cream corn. So what I did was I just did everything fresh and worked from there. Um, added a little bit more extra spice with some jalapenos and did it with honey butter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my you know, like, ode to granny. <laughs> sometimes those recipes that are old fashioned, like the canned cream corn is it's good. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, sometimes it's, it's just a different thing, but they're both good. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I had such a good memory of it. I yeah. just knew for a restaurant wanting to put it on, I need to make it a little bit more upscale. Yes, right. Like it Tom always says, if it tastes good, sure. it is good. You know? Yes, and it doesn't matter, I guess, if you use granulated onions in it or not. You're still mm-hmm. getting something great because there's still the love put into it. Yeah, right, of course. All right, so what were, what were the other two things that you did for the other two segments? Um, I did... Uh, curry kimchi muffles. So we make our own kimchi in house, um, our own curry sauce, um, and then just it's uh, and then with muffles, which muffles are like my favorite thing 
to cook. Are they really? Season. Oh, I love mussels because it, it just takes so much of the flavors that you put into it. And so yeah. we always had them on every year. So every year was like, ooh, what am I going to put it in this year? And that was she one says, of the, the, the favorites. Tom, Tom, she yeah. says that mussels are one of her favorite things ever. I think Tom Me agrees too. with you on that. Absolutely. But it's it's well, not a Louisiana dish, you know. Perfect with wine. Well, not the way we make it, but you find it all over the world, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen it in France. Yeah. All right, so go ahead, Christy. Christy. Oh yes, okay. your, your third dish. Christy, you're back. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sooner or later. I'm going to go get some coffee now. He's uh, anyway. Uh, you are. Uh, so your third dish, she's with third the Kitchen dish. Queens. So the third yeah. dish that third you did was what? Did something a little bit more simple, which was an and, uh, apple salad. Yes? A what oh, salad? It was, it was an, it's just a, it was a really basic escarole salad with oh, uh, charred jalapenos oh. and a charred broccoli in it. And I did some gluten-free cheddar crisps, which oh. really worked because that seems to be the thing that everybody's really into now is gluten-free. And as much as I'm like, but it's cooler, it's delicious. You go, okay, we take care of our customers. We take care of what they want. We'll give we them did a whole half hour last it. week on crisps. And the reason we did was that, and the reason everybody wants them is they're good. Do you like them? Um, obviously, I like them. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, them you... the People are getting them from the store now. And it's just, it, yeah. when I was filming it, I remember one of the women that were there, and she was like, well, what? Is it just cheese? And I was like, yes, just cheese. Yeah. Put it on a sill pad or like you do it on wax paper. Just grated cheese flat for long, long and slow. And they're perfect and crispy and perfect to add to uh-huh. salads and pastas and yeah. whatever else you want. It's just cheese. It's like a whole new world had opened up. No, we did a, uh, we did a tomato stack with crisps over here once just for fun. We did basil and and sliced tomato and then crisps between each layer because crisps are great. The product that we were talking about a week ago was called Parm Crisps. And yes, you can get them in the store already done, but it is easy to do them yourself as well. But anyway, I've definitely good. purchased those myself. Oh, you did? Did you? Mm-hmm. Are they good? You don't want to go through all the work? Yeah, they're fine. They're great. They're uh-huh. a great addition to just, if you're just making a quick salad together and throwing uh-huh. them in or just yeah. a snack. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a good dipper, you know? It's like a good dipper for things that aren't, it's not processed, you know? They're coming out with a trail mix, too, which sounds really good. The, the Parm Crisp people are. So um, you are, you, who else was in this segment, the, the, the episode that you are in? It's, it's each one of the segments, you said you had three. Is it just you, or it seems to me like there were always three women that are in these? Yeah, so I did three different, um, three different weeks, and I did one. Oh, okay. okay. So the one that I'm in, there's two other females, so they do, they, we each do our own dish, and that's the whole show. There's three okay. different women on each show. Uh-huh. And who are the um, people that you were with on the first uh, of your three segments? Well, I'm not, so I didn't film with them. Oh, we so you don't even know who own. they are. You, you see it so, when it um, comes out. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we filmed, everyone filmed in their own home kitchen. I uh-huh. filmed at Roulette cause it was a little bigger than Bologna Tavern. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have a little bit more room for all the camera crew. Uh huh. Okay. 
Well, that sounds, I think it's a good series and I'm excited to, to finally see one. I haven't even seen one of them yet because I keep forgetting at 10 o'clock on Saturday, but I guess it probably runs some other times too. But uh, It comes it is on a, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, both at 10 o'clock? Uh, 1.30 on Sunday. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Well, thank you for being with us, Christy. I uh, I wish you luck as you as you figure out your next step. I mean, are you are you cooking at home, or are you um, just sort of taking it easy totally? Uh, I'm still definitely cooking at home. I never stop cooking at home mm-hmm. since I've ever been in a kitchen. When mm-hmm. I go home is where I like to you know have fun and do mm-hmm. things that maybe wouldn't be right on a menu. But a lot of my home cooking is a lot of gumbos jambalaya mm-hmm. stews everything that like i grew up eating it's always gumbo weather for me always yeah all year agreed. i just had some today in fact <laughs> and and i like it over macaroni and cheese so that's probably um the worst imaginable thing you could eat it over but uh but i do fine if you want potato salad that's fine too do whatever you want yeah. whatever makes you happy i have to have it with rice because Mm-hmm. that's how I grew up in rice is my favorite staple food. Mm-hmm. What kind of rice uh, do you like? Um, the Louisiana popcorn rice is what I usually get. Is that the jasmine? Uh, so jasmine is one of them, yes. Okay. Um, Frank Bryson got me on that, at just the Louisiana yeah. popcorn rice. I figured for sure you were going to say jasmine or Louisiana popcorn rice because that's what all the chefs really, really like. So your and own well, self, when you're, when you're cooking... And besides gumbo, what are some of your favorite things to eat and cook? Um, I'm really simple. So anything, uh, rice and gravy is my favorite food. If I had a lot of food, that's what it would be. Just some <laughs> stew, rice and gravy. Um, mm-hmm. I like lasagna, pastas of any kind. I really just try to do as many different things as possible. You I like comfort a- food. I do like comfort. Yeah, of course. Yeah, (laughs) which is kind of interesting because comfort food is very, very different from gourmet food. I mean, it's it's totally different, I think. I mean, would you agree or disagree with that? I would say depending on the ingredients that you're using, you can definitely make comfort food a lot more glamorous. You can, but I mean, if you're... Here's my cheap cheddar. Here's my elbow macaroni. We'll just throw that together. You can have like nice things like Gouda. Crispy prosciutto can really, you know, glam up all these comfort foods, and it's still comforting, even though you're using nicer ingredients when you do it. Yeah, but if you if you are presented with a really nice gourmet plate of, you know, you know, you've seen them, the the plated things that have the little pieces of this and that together. To me, I think of that as more. I mean, it can be really delicious. But it doesn't really speak to your soul like a plate of rice and gravy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, I think, or, or I think would you agree with that? The fancier the food is, the less you should touch it for the most part. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah. it's a nice piece of fish, you shouldn't put too much on it. It should taste like fish. Add some uh-huh. vegetables like olive oil and lemon, nice cracked black pepper, some sea salt, and that, you know, you don't need to do too much to it. And right. I think, I think we're all coming back to that reality uh-huh. pretty swiftly. But, you know, you don't have to have everything being completely fancy. And this is New Orleans. We've always been a little step behind. We're not like New York. But I think we're doing a really good job of making faster and more affordable food that people are still really excited to eat. Well, I think I think I wouldn't I would put New Orleans food against any food. I think it's exceptionally oh, good. And 
Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I I don't I know don't that it's fancy. I don't think it's right. actually fancy to agree to be up there. Agreed, for sure. And and we're not, which is part of the charm of it all. All right, thank you for being with us, Christy. Appreciate it very much. The Kitchen Queens of New Orleans is Saturday at 10 o'clock and 1.30 on Sunday. So if you haven't seen this yet, you should have a look. I include myself in that. <laughs> Take care, Christy. Thank you. Thanks, Anna Marion. Uh, that was Christy Plaisance, who it was with Bulani Tavern at the taping of the show and has since uh, decided to take some time off from cooking. Well, not cooking, but from cooking in a fancy restaurant. Although Bulani Tavern, I wouldn't call fancy. I would call it more hip. All right. We have just a minute or two before we go to our next guest. And uh, we have a couple of things to go back to in your almanac. The words to drink by Tom are from James Thurber today. Early to rise and early to bed makes a male healthy and wealthy and dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way I like it. Why that's in your almanac. That doesn't sound very good. Mm -hmm. Your words to eat by today, Jane Gregson, American food writer. A number or of rare or newly experienced foods have been claimed to be aphrodisiacs. At one oh, really? time, yes, this quality was even ascribed to the tomato. Reflect on that when you are next preparing the family salad. Okay. And also from Lori Colwin, another American food writer, a world without tomatoes is like a string quartet without violins. That is so true. you got to have tomatoes. It usually what is. Would, what would a world without Italian food be? Can you imagine a lot hungrier. how depressing that would be? Thinner. <laughs> well, yeah, I was about to say, well, you don't have to have pasta, but it's still, it's still a carb fest. Yeah, no matter what. Tomatoes and cheese and all of that wonderful stuff. She was just talking about um, about crisps, ah. about cheese crisps. Remember when we did our cheese snack with tomatoes? That was actually crisps? really good. It was really good. I liked that. It was. Did we do that in COVID? Well, that was a COVID yeah, thing, was wasn't it? While we, were, while we were practicing our gourmet cooking in COVID early on. I don't think that qualifies, but... Before we gave it up and went back to our usual habits of eating out everywhere. So I, I don't really have time to go into anything else with your uh, almanac, Tom, but we're going to be talking about cookies when we come back. And who doesn't love to talk about cookies? The only thing better than talking about them is eating them. Speaking of which, do you have cookies at home? <laughs> I think <laughs> We'll be back after the bottom of the hour news from Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. The state is reporting two deaths as a result of Hurricane Delta. Governor John Bell Edwards says an 86-year-old St. Martin Parish man died in a fire after he allegedly refueled a generator while it was still hot. And the state health department says a 70-year-old female in Iberia Parish died in a fire likely caused by a natural gas leak following damage from Hurricane Delta. An 11-year-old took a school bus on a joyride through North Baton Rouge Sunday morning. Baton Rouge Police Sergeant Elgene McNeely says the boy was outside of his Head Start Center when he noticed some buses sitting unattended. He was able to get into some buses, 
and was messing around inside the bus and pushed the button and it started. He then rolled through town hitting three cars and causing one minor injury before crashing about 13 miles from where he started. We talking across town. And when asked why he did it, the bus started and he decided to take it for a ride. The boy was then booked into juvenile detention. I'm Matt Doyle. LRN. Okay, Louisiana, you all know the situation. Until there's a vaccine, there's a pandemic. Fortunately, there's an easy, confidential way to give each other a heads up on COVID-19 exposure so we can limit the spread and keep each other safe. If you've had close contact with someone who tests positive, the Department of Health will call and fill you in on testing and resources to stay healthy. Contact tracing. It's that simple. Answer the call. 877-766-2130. Pick up the phone. Slow down the spread. Louisiana is worth it. Shelter insurance policyholders with damage to your home, car, farm, or business due to the hurricane should call 1-800-SHELTER. That's 1-800-743-5837. Or report your claim online at shelterinsurance.com. Early reporting of claims is important. Shelter adjusters are able to handle your claim while practicing social distancing. Take whatever reasonable steps you can to protect your property from additional damage and call us at 1-800-SHELTER to report your claim today. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousins Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, it's sweet. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to us or our guest Louise Howe from uh, a no-bake cookie company to talk about cookies. It's National Cookie Month, the month of October. And so we are, we're going to have some little fun facts about cookies. Hi, Louise. Hi, thanks for having us. So tell us about, first of all, your company, and, uh, and then we'll talk about some fun things to talk about with uh, facts having to do with National Cookie Month. Yeah, absolutely. So the Novate Cookie Company is a woman-owned uh, company that specializes in Novate cookies. So we make these no-bake cookies, which all around the country, people call them different things. Um, I've grown up in the Midwest, so we did grow up calling them no-bake cookies. And basically what they are is um, sort of these fudgy kind of cookies, um, no-bake, obviously, but they're really delicious. Lots of us grew up with them, maybe making them with our grandmas or our moms, um, especially over the holidays. Is it like a, is it like a cookie dough? That's kind of what yeah, it is. So yeah, it's it's, um, it's more like fudge with some rolled some, oats. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So it so they have oats salad, in all of them. Some, uh, I don't know. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it the same is it the same cookie recipe? So it's like one cookie that we're talking about. It could be. Yes. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we've got a, a few different cookies. So, you know, we have our original chocolate, we have peanut butter, we have mocha. Ooh, um, but, they, yeah, they're really delicious, really decadent. Thank you. Uh, peanut butter and chocolate, it's kind of hard to beat. I mean, Reese's had a great idea. I love peanut butter and chocolate together. 
Oh, we're learning um, about you. Yes, we, we are have, our, my husband is uh, on the line with us, and he got up to get some coffee, and he's um, just kind of figuring it out that we have a guest on the line. I'm terribly sorry it's about okay. that. I hope we, uh, look, this, it's New Orleans. We talk about everything all the time. Yes. We just don't slow it down even in, food, and sure. we uh, know each other uh, again and again and again and again. Yeah. And, what? Yeah. All right. So, um, Louise, yeah. there are, you said, several different kinds of cookies. How did this come about? How did the No Bake Cookie Company come about? Yeah, uh, so our founder, Carol Healy, uh, really, uh, really founded the No Bake Cookie Company. And so she actually owned a corner store. They're, they're from Oregon. And so she owned a corner store, began making these cookies. They really took off. And um, so it's sort of this idea that, these nostalgic, um, kind of homemade feeling, um, clean ingredient cookies can bring us all together and bring us back to maybe times that were a little bit simpler or, uh, you know, bring us back to some really sweet memories from childhood. Well, a cookie is, is always great for anything that you need, really. I mean, <laughs> a cookie goes right <laughs> to your soul and just plain old makes you feel better. So what are some of the things that you uh, wanted to talk about having to do with National Cookie Month, like some fun cookie facts? What are the favorite yeah. cookies out there? Yeah, so I, you know what, especially especially right now when so many of us have our minds on um, big and important and sometimes frustrating and sometimes uh, worrisome things, it's stuff like this that I, I, I really love sharing. So National Cookie Month might not be top on your list of things to celebrate, <laughs> but we're going to make it. It is for me. It. I love cookies. <laughs> we're going to make it work, especially this month, because, um, you know, for me, food really does bring us all together. So for Cookie Month, a couple of my favorite fun facts. Um, so everyone has their favorite cookie, you know, but the most popular cookies in the U.S., according to a couple recent studies, include number five, the fortune cookie, number four, the whoopie wait, pie. Wait, wait, the fortune is, cookie? <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, kind of surprising, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, number four is a whoopie pie, which I think that's kind of surprising because for me, it a whoopie is. pie Agreed. is more of like a cake. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Interesting. Number All right. What else? is... Number three is the graham cracker, which, you know, I, if I'm going to go for a cookie, I'm going to go all out for a real cookie. Are you kidding me? I'm, 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 I'm gobsmacked at this list. All right, what's number two? <laughs> number two is the snickerdoodle, which is a little bit butter. That's one of my top cookies. Okay, okay, we're getting into something significant there. It better be chocolate chip, number one. <laughs> it's more like in it is, yeah, Chicago for that last one. Because I was going to say, who are these people if, Chica if, uh, if the chocolate chip cookie wasn't the number one? I am, yeah, I am exactly. shocked, though, about that. I mean, the, I, it seems like on this list, the only thing missing is like some boring spice cookie. Right. Boring spice cookie? <laughs> I don't think so. You, mean, uh, that's only if you're at the massive. Well, you like these depth kinds of, of cookies, Tom. These are the you, kind of cookies you, you would know like. Where this you is like gonna, graham crackers. This like, is going to sound strange, but the the place where I first started getting really interested in things like this are at the, one of the go around the city kind of uh, people who would do a, a show like this. You know, Tom. You Tom will have, and I, I finally put a stop to it, but. Um, he would have like a graham cracker box that he kind of carried with him, you know, to his office <laughs> in the kitchen. Sometimes it would stay in the kitchen, but he was really hitting the graham crackers hard. 
Uh, I'm shocked about a fortune cookie. There isn't anything to recommend a fortune cookie other than the fortune. I like fortune cookies. You like fortune cookies like to taste? Yeah, I think they're good. Do you really? I, I wouldn't list them as one of my favorite cookies. They're the, the, the number fifth favorite cookie. Yeah, I heard. That is, well, Shock. I guess I guess they're eaten so much. I mean, every time you get Chinese food, you get a... Yeah, is this by is this by quantity of sales or is this by a poll that you ask people? I, I think it's by, just how much you're hungry for. I think it's by consumption. <laughs> okay, consumption. Well, that's probably it's probably that's probably why it is the fortune cookie because there's a lot of Chinese takeout happening around the country. Okay, that makes that makes a little more sense. But uh, <laughs> still, I just what's a, is a snickerdoodle something that you can buy or is it something that you make? You have to make. I prefer homemade snickerdoodles myself, but I think you can buy them in the store. Is that like a butter cookie? Uh, they're really cinnamony. They have some nutmeg. Um, oftentimes, they're soft baked. Okay, I'm a freak because none of these things sound appealing to me. I mean, <laughs> the chocolate chip cookie. I said it better be chocolate chip, and she said yes, yeah. it is chocolate chip. Now it's probably the Toll House cookies. I mean, was there a, a kind of chocolate chip or just general chocolate chip cookies? You know, they just listed general, but if yeah, if I had to guess, it's it's some of the America's favorite brands that are up there. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so, what else did you have uh, in the fun facts about cookies? Because I'm still, I, I hope you have something that can shock me like that. <laughs> Anything else? Okay. Well, let me know if you fall in in this um, this uh, amount of consumers that consume this many cookies in a year. So. The average American is uh, noted to eat about 35,000 cookies in a lifetime. Okay, I thought she was going to say yeah. in a year. I was going to say. <laughs> they got me. I, I think I'm on track for that. <laughs> okay, 35,000 cookies in a lifetime. That's still a lot, I think. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, that's yeah. the average American? No wonder we're so fat. Is that right? Not with what that's I was right. about to say. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> In uh, in Indiana is where you want to look for these cookies that you're talking about. What, snickerdoodles? Snickerdoodles and things like that. I had a girlfriend mm -hmm. living around there mm -hmm. back a million years, uh -huh. and she was nuts about them all the time. Uh -huh. So now I knew. And yeah. they, were each, they were even good. Yeah. I think she was just nuts, too. <laughs> anyway, okay, so um, 35,000 cookies in a lifetime for the average person. All right, what else? Uh, well, yeah, and I, I would say um, the average American, uh, we all know this, eats their cookies paired with milk, um, but 95% of households do that. So I would say, you know, we're all, that's some common ground that we can all yeah. say we all enjoy our cookies in the same exact way. Yeah. Okay. Now, do people eat cookies warm or they eat them crispy? Like my daughter and I have this, have this thing where if she bakes a cookie, she will underbake them, and then I will put them back in the oven, and then I have to let them completely cool overbake so they'll be, the she says, overbaked. So um, I, they have to be crispy for me. Do, do Americans like crispy cookies or fudgy cookies, or do you know? You know, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. I prefer mine to be a little bit fudgy, that's for sure. Okay, well, if you're, if you're talking about the kind of no-bake cookie, that's like a chewy, fudgy thing for sure. But, um, but I, I definitely prefer cookies to be, 
to to break in you know under my teeth you know i i like mm. i like a crunchy crunchy cookie now do americans like nuts in their cookies or not or do you have any statistics on that i don't have any stats about that that's a really good question although um although you know i i do have another fact that you might find interesting kind of speaks to the uh, the nostalgia of the cookie itself. So, okay. first of all, the official state cookies of both Massachusetts and Pennsylvania is the chocolate chip. So, you know, going back to that conversation, we know that chocolate chips really are a, a favorite, especially if they're the official state cookies. But yeah. uh, early, do American all states have an official myth. cookie? Do all states have an official cookie? I so you know where I am. I am not aware that we have an official cookie. Let me see if I can do some quick research. No, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Go ahead, what? Yeah, but we. Uh, mhm. No, you go ahead. Early American tinsmiths also began making cookie cutters by hand back in the 1700s. So um, we kind of have a flair for making our desserts something special, something that we want to share. And so way back in the 1700s, that's when all of that really started. Well, it's a slice of Americana for sure. I wonder when the first mm -hmm. cookie was eaten or baked. I bet you it goes back yeah. to like, like early millennia. Well, I can tell you this. So the Christmas cookie, um, that tradition began way back in medieval Europe. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've been hanging on to that one for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Totally. All right. Can you stay with us for a little bit longer? I would love to hear what all I want all your bag of facts because I'm. I'm you surprised to me? at some of these things that you're saying. Yeah. Not, the, not the medieval yep. Christmas cookie, though. That doesn't surprise me at all. We'll be back. Uh, okay. We, we would, we're talking to Louise Howe, and uh, she is with the No Bake Cookie Company, and she's dazzling us with facts that surprise me, for sure, about cookies. We'll be back. Parish Coffee is a small-batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to ParishCoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to Parish. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. This is Lenny Minutillo, chef-owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, home of the original meat sauce pizza and sesame-crusted muffalata calzone. The Happy Italian is serving our new full menu. Dine-in seating is limited. Takeout and curbside is available. Catering is available any day. The Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Monday for lunch and dinner. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for lunch. Find us at happyitalian.com for info and online orders. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. You're probably wondering what those are, Louise. That's my husband who loves to sing and has been sort of known as a singer. 
uh, he does these little intros, uh, these little rejoinders back and forth for us. They're very sweet. <laughs> they are very sweet, aren't they? All right. So uh, the rest of the time, we don't let him talk generally. <laughs> so uh, we have people who text us throughout the show. And they never want to talk on the air, but they're very busy off the air. So we just I just got a text from um, someone saying with a, a little link to the fact that uh, back in 2010, and I don't know what actually happened with this, maybe it went through, but the um, it was a Senate bill introduced at asking for the tea cake to become the official state cookie for Louisiana. Oh, interesting. Magnolias, aren't they? Yeah, because we have a state fruit, the strawberry, and uh, we thought we would, you know, try for a state cookie. So I'm going to have to investigate that with the, um, with the, uh, let's see, who's Billy Nungesser? He's the secretary, I don't know what he is. Anyway, <laughs> <Louis> <laughs> Lieutenant Governor, that's what, he would know something like that. We'll ask and find out if, if but not before the show's over, because I'm sure you're not going to lose any sleep over whether or not Louisiana has a tea cake for a cookie or not. <laughs> so, so what else did you bring in your bag of cookie tricks? So I know you were curious about when, when the first uh, cookie was, was ever made, but I, I can say um, traditional cookies, the, the traditional chocolate chip was invented in the 1930s. So yeah. um, that was from, from Toll House. So right. um, back in 1930, we know that um, yeah. they're, you know, really traditional. All of that um, is carried along today. But um, on, on that note, um, if you've ever noticed the, the chocolate chips in your, your cookies never melt, it's because chocolate chips typically have less cocoa butter than, um, than chocolate bars. So that's why if you want to play with your, your chocolate chip recipe or the chocolate in any, any of your um, baked cookie recipes, playing with that kind of a ratio and the, the types of chocolate chips that you use is a good idea. Hmm. We're now on to uh, the 72% dark chocolate bar at Trader Joe's, which is an incredible buy at $5. It's a pound chocolate bar. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But now we just chop that chocolate because... You get, you know, your your taste change. It's like if you cut out salt, a little bit of salt tastes really salty. When you when you get off of milk chocolate and get darker, it just gets darker and darker and darker. Like I would go up to eighty five if I could find it somewhere. I mean, at Trader Joe's because I like their I like their Belgian chocolate. Anyway, go ahead. You know what? Yeah, the, the I, cookie, I'm with you on that. Have you had it, or just in cho have, dark chocolate in general? Yeah, I I've had that. I I do really love dark chocolate. It's it's actually why I really love um, chocolate and uh, like espresso or mocha or coffee flavors together. It's just kind of that bitter taste that really accompanies the chocolate really well. My daughter makes a shortbread cookie out of dark chocolate and vanilla, and it's like a half and half shortbread, and it's got that perfect crunch with your teeth as far as I'm concerned and it's it's just a it's a fantastic cookie just think about this for a second imagine what the first cookie was like it will probably be horrifying to even think that someone presented that as a treat you know what I mean <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it's like a, a really disturbing thought like back in the Middle, middle ages or something to think of what could have passed for a treat then. Certainly different from what we have now. So do you have any other fun facts for us? 
I do. You know, the the world's biggest cookie weighed over 40,000 pounds. So um, that is uh, something to aspire to, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Where was it and what kind of cookie was it? It was, again, a chocolate chip cookie. Um, uh, yeah, it was, again, a chocolate chip cookie, which I'm sure I'm sure that uh, the chocolate chips really added to that. But it, yeah. was, uh, wow. it was baked by Immaculate Baking Company. It took over eight months of planning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you know where, where it was baked. You know where but... it was? Yeah. <laughs> and what, 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 when was that? Or do you have that? Don't have that it. was... Uh, yeah, you know, I want to say that was really only a few years ago. Let me see if I can. Oh, it looks like, yeah, it was in early 2000s. Can you imagine the number of people that would have to show up to eat a 40,000 pound cookie? Mm. 40,000 pounds. That's got to be. I could get my Like, where would it. you even put that? I wonder. I'd have to look that up. <laughs> now, I'll probably get three or four texts of pictures of it from people who <laughs> text me during the show. Yeah. All right. So, so do you have anything else? I like your little fun facts. I don't agree with most of them. Like, I'm still smarting <laughs> over the fortune cookie, but go ahead. Yeah, it's, um, you know, another one, another cute little one that I like to share with my family, um, especially the little ones in my family, is the cookies that Cookie Monster eats are, are not quite cookies. They're just painted rice cakes. So, um, you know, that's that kind of a behind-the-scenes fun fact there. That's a depressing thought. You know, a, a rice cake in in as a substitute for a cookie. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I, I know it's TV, but come on. All right. Anything else? That's all I got. <laughs> well, I I tell you what, those were fascinating. I am uh, I am I'm disappointed in my fellow man that they consider a graham cracker an actual cookie, but to each his own. I am I with guess. you. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you I, I prefer m- more decadent if I'm going to go all in I'm going to go all in yeah I mean wow come on people get a life alright and I, I, I think that if uh, we talk again next year for cookie month I would love to know if people eat nuts in their cookies or not are you a nuts person or not I am I prefer the texture yeah I like the crunch. That's what it is. I like I like the crunch of a of a cookie, and uh, it doesn't have to be a specific nut. Walnuts are good. Pecans are good. Hazelnuts are good. But I like the idea of having a little crunch there. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Oh, so yeah. let me give you a minute to talk a little bit more about the no bake cookie and where you would get these because I'm kind of curious about them. Yeah. So this brand is is really very sweet it's it's still owned by the same company that by the same family and um they put the same heart and soul that they they put into it when they first started making the cookies so you can actually find us online at the nobakecookieco.com and also if you happen to be out and about look for us at home goods and marshalls and also sprouts so you'll find us on shelves mm. at sprouts mm. Um, there's a couple different varieties. Um, some of the cookies are a little bit smaller, more like bite size, and some of them are really um, big and monstrous and really indulgent and delicious. So look for us there. There'll be a to, treat that, you'll, that. Lo- you'll love. Mm-hmm. Is it a is it a box or is it a bag? 
Yep, you'll find us both in uh, boxes, like a carton, a clear uh, plastic carton, and you'll also find us in bags, resealable bags. Now that's kind of, I wouldn't expect that you would, you would have like cookies that, I keep thinking of this as sort of like a cookie dough, but it's, it's actually a cookie. And does it, does it dry in such a way that it, it, back to my crunch. (laughs) 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 Or is it going to be just, just fudgy, fudgy? It is very fudgy, but the the rolled okay. oats in in each of our cookies really gives ah, them uh, a nice okay. thickness. Yeah, so you'll get some texture in I'll there. I'll get a little crunch. All right, gotta have that yeah. crunch. All right, <laughs> thank you very much for being with us, Louise. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for cool. having us. Bye bye. Uh, that bye. is Louise Howe with the No Bake Cookie Company. You know, I'm gonna. Have- to look up some of these things that we're talking about because uh, they sound good and I I don't know about a cookie that's I, I should have asked her if you can actually bake them you know and get the, <laughs> get the crunch to it <laughs> anyway uh, it's national cookie month we may talk about cookies again because who doesn't love love cookies cookies are wonderful cookies make you feel good and who doesn't want to feel good Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We have time for just like one more call, but uh, if if not, we'll be fine. All right. So you don't like peanut butter cookies, do you? I don't like peanut butter. Oh, okay. You like oatmeal though, right? I do. Yeah, and you're gonna make some granola. I'm thinking about it. I think you should. I think you should. And I think that when I um, decide to eat chocolate again, which will probably be tomorrow. I've made it for a whole day without it today, but uh, I'm going to try those chocolate oatmeal cookies with the wheat germ and the peanut butter and the honey that I've been threatening to make again. The ones that I, the ones that I was really big on, Tom, when you and I first started dating and you sort of shamed me out of them by calling them tree bark cookies, but um I want to get back to them because I think it would probably they be you could actually kind of have that cookie as a breakfast. It has wheat germ, oats, chocolate, honey, peanut butter. I mean these things are these are good. There's not there's not any real like cane sugar or uh, or or granulated sugar. Oh, we need to get back to the deaf dining rule number four thirty one. Do you want to have your debate about uh, fried, green oh, fried green tomatoes? Yes, yes, Tom, you're in a debate now with our daughter about fried green tomatoes. I mean, they're excellent. I don't know why you wouldn't like them. So, I don't like them. What? Well, they have. I, I agree with Dad. I'm taking Dad's spot. Uh, you're outnumbered here. I think that fried green tomatoes, in order to be good, have to have like a rumelade on them. Well, I, you have to have some sort of dipping sauce okay. with them. So like a remoulade dipping sauce without the, the protein, as they say. Right, yeah. It works. Okay. Uh-huh. That's how I usually I, do. I, I disagree. I'm with you for once, Tom. I agree that you that fried green tomatoes have no place in the world unless there's shrimp remoulade on One it. of the things I love oh. about Weidman so much uh, in Meridian is that you, you were hard-pressed to find a dish that didn't have a fried green tomato on it. <laughs> And they actually had, like, the burger. Uh-huh. It was a good burger, but there was a fried green tomato on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had, my favorite was the fried green tomato BLT. Yes, I remember you used to get that a lot. Oh, man, that was good. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go to Weidman's. I know, you do have to go. You do have to go to Weidman's. You have to go back to Meridian. And, and while you're there, make sure you go to Ollie's. Okay. <laughs> you have to go to Ollie's for me. No, fried green tomatoes, uh, you can have, as, as you like to say, Tom, you can have all of my share. I do like fried marilatons, though. Um, the, the, the dish that they're doing over at Dakota with the very thin marilatons, and they're fried... And then, well, they are layered with remoulade, shrimp remoulade, which makes everything better, I think. Anyway, that wasn't much of a debate. You both started in the same place. Nobody changed their mind. Of course, you know, what's, what's to change your mind about a fried green tomato anyway? All right, this is the point at which I say, if you missed any of the show, go to nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. It comes twice a week. It's fantastic, if I do say so myself. The newsletter? Yes, don't yeah. you? Yeah, mm -hmm. Mary Lee does it. Okay, you can sign up for the newsletter there. You can go to the food show part of nomenu.com and pick up a podcast if you want to catch something that you missed. If you want to tell your friends about the show, we would love for you to do that because you know what? We just have fun here and two hours of fun beats thinking about all the other stuff that's out there. So tell your friends about the show. Please support our sponsors. They keep the show on the air. We have our Instagram at the New Orleans menu. That too is done by our daughter. So it's beautiful. And after this show, if you stay tuned, Tim McNally will be up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. That's it for us. Good night. WGSO New Orleans. It's 4 o'clock. Hey, this is Adam Schubert. Join me on the bench Sunday nights at 7 p.m. here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden says her faith shouldn't be on the table. He told reporters in Ohio faith should not be questioned, a lesson he learned in a previous election. No, faith should not be considered. None. I don't think there's any questions about her faith. You may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, the governor, okay? And I took him on. Anybody could, no one's face to be questioned. Tech stocks let a surge as the market posted a six-week high on Monday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average jumped 250 points to close up nearly a full percent. The S&P 500 gained 1.6% on the day. And the Nasdaq Composite surged up 296 points, gaining 2.5% in the day's trading. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden hasn't answered questions about whether he would try to expand the Supreme Court if elected.
That ambiguity doesn't sit well with Vice President Mike Pence. He told Fox News that the American people deserve to know if Joe Biden will try to change an institution like the Supreme Court. It really is outrageous that on Friday, Joe Biden said uh, that the American people don't deserve to know whether or not uh, he's going to mm -hmm. pack the court, a court that's been nine justices for 150 years. But here, here the liberals go. They're going to say, if we can't win by the rules, we're going to change the rules. After the election, we're going to add seats to the court and obviate what Republicans are doing in their constitutional duty. The Nobel Prize in economics has gone to two American economists whose work improved auctions. Stanford professors Paul Milgram and Robert Wilson were awarded the prize Monday for what the Nobel Committee called improvements to auction theory and inventions of new auction formats. This is USA Radio News. Rebecca Chapman, who is the general manager, Jimmy Setchum, who is the executive chef at Broussard's Restaurant, one of the most beautiful restaurants in New Orleans, because Broussard's is a true New Orleans restaurant, and you guys are both New Orleanians. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be a part of the history and culture at Broussard's. If you haven't been there lately, you need to correct that problem. Get over there. They got the 1920 special, which is the date of the founding of Broussard's, on wines and on food. Broussard's Restaurant, 819 Conti, in the heart of the French Quarter. Hi, this is Kate Delaney from America Tonight. The show kicks on at midnight, and I'm loving the overwhelming support in New Orleans. What a group of fantastic listeners here on WGSO 990 AM. Join me every morning to catch up on what I call the buzz in your backyard and mine. You'll hear some of the most interesting people on the planet from the world of business, politics, sports, and, well, just intriguing people with a story to tell. If you're around, give us a call. Don't worry, I'll spit out the number plenty of times on the air. Let's agree to meet at midnight right here on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans. It's a nice night tonight. The lowering of the humidity will continue to provide us with a nicer feel throughout the day tomorrow. Early morning, as a result, two temperatures a few degrees cooler already, dropping off in the lower 60s to near 70. The afternoon tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, the highs of lower 80s. Early morning Wednesday and Thursday, a little cooler yet, with morning lows in the upper 50s to the mid-60s. Sunny skies prevail both days, 70s to near 80. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Industry of Faith Louisiana is holding its job fair and taking